ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your frequent opportunity to see what science looks like in the shower. I'm your host, Andrew Stapleton, and joining me as always is Cameron Shearer. Hello. And Christopher Gibson. G'day. And today we are talking about everything to do with science with our new fancy microphones. This is hopefully the sexiest yeah. that we'll ever sound. Um, maybe our girlfriends will love us more. Or I hope what? so. Yeah. Or what? No, actually, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Not possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have some news. Last week, Cameron said something nice to me. Hang on, do you mean on the podcast that you listen back to and you realise? No, 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 no. Definitely no, not during no, that time. It was about science, you mean, my science. As the kids are saying now, I-R-L in real life. <laughs> Earl. Pass. <laughs> Pass. Earl. <laughs> Earl. So in real life? In real life. We were talking about snake oil. Do you know what snake oil is? Yeah, snake oil is when someone says, take this cancer-curing treatment. It's only going to cost you $200 and it's just olive oil that I strained from my... I can't fat. believe you didn't say penis sweat. Yeah, I know. Isn't it amazing? I'm growing up. I'm a grown man now. And we were Did talk- you have a thing flowing through your brain and that came out? Yeah, that's what was... Uh, it, it literally came out of my brain as quickly as it came out of my mouth. So, yeah. The story is, we were talking about snake oil is in, you know, what scientists sell to people. Yes. And Cameron said to me... Your snake oil is the least snake oil in the department. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, what a lovely thing. What a lovely thing. Cameron, can I ask, was that actually meant to be a compliment or did Chris take it in a very nice way? I think that it it was supposed to be a compliment, but I wasn't really thinking about it as a compliment at the time. It was more just, I was thinking about a few other... Uh, larger snake oil emergence than what Chris is, and I feel like maybe he should start selling what he has as snake oil as well. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. Yeah. I took it as everyone sells snake oil. Yep. But my snake oil is more truthful. Than my others. snake oil brings all the boys to the yard, <laughs> and they're like, "It's better than yours. My conclusions are better than yours. You can fix it." But I'd have to publish in a <laughs> shitty journal. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, that was that yeah, was a moment yeah, of insight yeah. that I'll never yeah, have make, again. Make sure you cut the bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so today, I think the plan was to talk about sciencey things via interesting questions. Mm. Is that right, Cameron? Well, that's what we talked about briefly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we never go in with a concrete plan because no. we don't want to pre-plan too much. Exactly. Andy, yes, are you the best scientist with your name? Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I know that. I know no. that because when I when I first got my first ever paper in like 2009, I think it was, I typed in. I I don't know. I didn't know how to access it, so I tried to find myself. But what I found was a person who had a job that I wish I had. Ah, uh, okay. And this person studies vaginal fauna and flora. I don't know if there's animals in there, but... Fauna. (laughs) Fauna. No, yeah, they do like impacts of vaginal flora with condom use and stuff like that. That means this poor Andrew Stapleton in the world is swabbing vaginas 
daily. Does flora and fauna mean that? So we're talking animals and plants. No, I think it just said flora, but you know, maybe maybe there was a bit. I don't know. So what animals would fit up there? I guess is the first crabs. question. Crabs, of course. That's brilliant. Crabs, crabs, yeah. Crabs, yeah. 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 So, but you're you're going on basically the fact that you would rather research what they're researching than any other key key uh, performance indicators. My day does not involve vaginas. So, I've gone to the effort of looking up <laughs> your metrics. <laughs> yeah. Now, you are Andrew J. Stapleton, is I that am. correct? Yes. Oh, this is hardcore. You have a current age index of six. Yes. With 11 documents. 12 now. When was this? Today? Uh, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. The new ones come out 12. Oh, well done. Up. Well done. Thank you. Okay. So, I couldn't find another Andrew Stapleton on Scopus. Right. Uh, a reputable source. No, uh, maybe I didn't search the uh, vagina version of, of Scopus. <laughs> so the closest I found to Andrew J. Stapleton is yeah. M. No, M. No, Amy J. Stapleton. So this will come A- up as A. J. Stapleton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has six documents, <gasps> H index of one. Yes! <laughs> Smashed her. Champion. What's her name? Amy? Amy J. Amy J. If you're out there. In your face. Mm, mm. Take that, oh, PhD take student. That. <laughs> yeah, take that. Take that, undergrad. <laughs> They're mostly in uh, proceedings, and it's. Oh, here's one. Sex trafficking from a supply chain systems perspective. Oh, another person whose job I you want. Love that job. <laughs> Here I am dealing with transparent conductors and mirrors. I'd much rather be dealing with that stuff. Amy, I take it back. <laughs> I want your job. All right. So I wasn't happy with that. Okay. So I've broadened my search. I'm going for all A Stapletons. Ooh. So how do, you, how do you think you sit here? Is Stapleton a common name? It is, yeah. And actually, A, I know that there's a gamer academic in Sydney who is quite... Is Andrew Stapleton and he's quite successful. As well? Yeah. He didn't come up in my search oh, either. Yes. All right. So I'm, I'm feeling quite confident if Amy was my... Uh, Closest competitor. All right. All so right, the best A Stapleton I can find was Alan M F Stapleton. A M F Stapleton. Thirty-seven documents. H index of twenty. Yep. Um, and what have I got for him? I've got exploring contrary trends in bladder cancer incidents. Oh, another one. Mortality and survival implications for research and cancer control. Yeah, don't give a shit about that. Uh, I'm winning. So, so you're, you're happy. You, you'll claim that win over Alan MF. Yeah, what's Stanford? his metrics though? What do you say? Uh, 37 papers, 20 H index. I'm sure he's and miserable and hasn't many, got any friends. How many sites? How many sites at all? Uh, total citations, 2,079. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's really good. It's adequate, I guess. All right, so what you're, you're, you're doing all right. is I'm not doing too bad in the A. Stapleton game. I think if I was to search A. Stapleton, you would be on the list. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm so good at side mm. nerds. Mm. Mm. You know a couple of things. So let's let's get to me, I guess. Chris? <laughs> Chris like, me, 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 me. I think you know the answer. Chris, are you the most famous scientist with your name? I am, of course. Really? On what metric? Uh, I'd say probably all of them, I think, I'd have to say. Uh, so on Scopus, there's a couple of people above me, but they don't have my name. Really? When I put in Gibson C dot T dot. Maybe oh, but is the T that important? Uh, I, it's, it's in all my papers. I always, I'm always C dot T. 
Gibson. Okay, so Christopher you really Thomas. need that, do you? You really need that. Uh, I suppose not all my papers are Christopher Thomas Gibson. There's only a couple that don't have the T. Because I did some searching <laughs> and I found a Chris Gibson from the University of Wollongong. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah. Oh, he's close. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. even bother with the middle name because he's got Chris Gibson. Yeah. 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 Actually, if yeah. you were in the .com era, he would have .com and you'd be like .org or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd be uh, Christopher T. Gibson Science. Yeah, yeah that's right. Your Twitter handle would be at CT Gibson Science. It's really me official. What's .org? Yeah. What's that? .org? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Orge. This is all going over his head. <laughs> All right, Chris, how are you going? Publications in uh, H Index. Okay, our... according to Scopus, I'll have 56, but two of those will be refereed uh, conference papers, so it's 54 yep. papers. Wow, yeah. oh, that's a, a paper for every you're, you're year you've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't, oh yes, I've, I've actually have reached that goal. <laughs> H Index? Uh, uh, we'll currently be 16 on Scopus. Oh, sorry, 17 on Scopus. 16. Two weeks ago. Uh, it's gone up to 17. You've, when did you do the search? Two weeks ago. Uh, he's hopelessly out of date. Chris Gibson, University of Wollongong, 107 publications. H-Index, 24. Now He's very old, though. He's about 55 or, or so 60. So a couple years older than you. No. No. <laughs> no. Very old is 55. Okay, so I, I brought in my search to other Chris Gibsons. And you know what? I found another one. Is this a guy who does a lot of work with carbon nanotubes and stuff like that? I found Christina B. <laughs> Gibson <laughs> from the University of Western Australia. Another Chris Gibson. Yeah, all right, all right. And all guess right. what? Or less documents than you, actually. 46 papers, so you're winning on that count. I win. But I think H-Index is probably better, uh, more important. No, no, not at all. H-Index at 27. How many sites? So there you go. Total sites, 4,116. That's have, not fair. You have 802. <laughs> no, no, I've got 958. Yeah, but that doesn't include the ones your mum gave you yeah. on her blog. <laughs> have you taken out all my self-sites? All right, this is documents. Oh, okay. So yeah. I guess the times you cite yourself more than once. Yeah, I will have done that a number of times. Yeah. So there you go. You're, all right, there's a couple of not, people. If I Google Chris Gibson... You don't come up. Down on the list. Not I like do me. so. I Google myself all the time and I'm, I'm, I I'm there. I Googled you to find a photo of you the other week for a reason. And I couldn't. the only photo I could find of you was on about the third page. Oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. I'm there. I'm there. First no. page. Sorry, Christopher Chris. Gibson. Boom. I'm there. Christopher has been Gibson. Not at all. Not at all. Christopher. Who's Christopher, this person? Totally amazing Gibson. In my shop, Gibson. <laughs> Did you do yourself, Cameron? I did. <laughs> Goes without saying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, are you? Oh, I actually. Oh, this is this is perfect, right? Cameron's done this because he's winning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I knew the moment yeah. I he, he said yes, I've done myself. I was like, of course, it makes so much sense. If if he hadn't had been at the top. We wouldn't be hearing about this. We'd never hear about it. Would have I stopped? Do you think if I found a Cameron Shearer that was more famous than me? I think you'd give up science. You'd think about it. Or I'd get really competitive and I'd work (laughs) twice the amount of work at the moment. (laughs) 
Which is the correct amount. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about uh, yeah, please. any of the C series. I actually don't have my own documents on here, but I have, um, what did I say? 31 or 33 publications and my H index is 8. Mm. So there we go. So just to recap, I am the most famous scientist with my name. Andrew yeah. is the most famous scientist being Andrew J. Yeah, Stapleton. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, and Chris, is you really the, need the Christopher uh, T. Gibson, yeah. and then you're yeah. the then you're the winner. All yeah. other instances, and you're not the winner. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no! I'm the winner because Christopher T. Gibson is 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 the name that we should be searching under, and there's no others. So that's me. I win again. Right, well, I I don't have a game as such. You I found have a talking an, point. I did find an article, but but we might we might leave that because we have to read this first and then discuss it. Oh, uh, okay. But no, I do have questions. Go on then. Questions. Yes. So the question I had was, what do you still love about science, if anything at all? Ooh. If anything at all, like That's if you had question. to think about what is it about science that still excites you? It can be any any part of it. You know, doing experiments, blah blah blah. Do you, so or, or if nothing does anymore, then that's a valid answer as well. Well, I think there is something, and for me, it's how it makes other people feel about me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you like the respect? I love the. I love it. Right. So, so I <laughs> give us an example. I like this. This so is good. Recently, is good. Um, I bought a dog. No, you don't buy dogs. You adopt them. You love them. <laughs> They're not like things. Hundred. Oh, you have a little hairy slave. Uh, yeah, that's saying? right. Yeah, hundred dollars. We she nearly um she ran out into the road the other day and I was like, damn it, a hundred bucks down the drain. Oh, she came sure, back. It was what fine. you thought? No, Bullshit. I didn't. I love you her ran so out much. there and like oh, waved God. the car down. Don't oh, hurt my baby. Don't I hurt love my her baby. So much. Anyway, so we got a, she she's she's old and she mm. pulls on the lead. So we got a, a trainer in. And the trainer came in and he did a little bit of like bullshit conversation. A personal trainer? Personal trainer for a dog. Yeah. Mm. What? Like a trainer. Why don't you go to a group? No, she couldn't because she used to, she barks and bites other dogs. So before she could go to a group, we had to get a good on the lead and not lungy and barky. So. And you thought, this is a situation where I can impress this dog trainer in my vocation. man. He came into my house and he, he impressed himself because... It's like, oh, you got a... Wow, what a palace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must be really well off. Um, well, no. So he came in and he sat us down and he was like, hi, dog training. Dog training is so important. You don't... Anyway, he was very useful. I'm, I'm making it sound like he God, he, he doesn't need this anyway. But he was know. really useful. Then he said to me and me and Kate, my partner, he's like, so what do you do to Kate? And she goes, I'm a teacher. And he goes, oh, that's, that's lovely. That's great. Mm. And he said, what do you do? So I'm a researcher at university. And he went, oh, I feel intimidated now. And I went, so you should. <laughs> like in my mind, I was like, if you say anything stupid, I will jump on it. You know, you. Like, Give me a math question. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask me anything about science. So I'll that's tell you right. And do you know what happened is throughout the rest of that conversation and through him training us, like the reason we got him in is because he knows way more about dogs than I do. And, but some people, as soon as you say you, you've got a PhD in science or you, you imply it, People immediately think you know everything about everything. Mm, of course. And so he felt intimidated. I said, look, you shouldn't feel intimidated. You know a lot about dogs and that's why you're here. And he was like, excellent. But then he annoyed me because he kept on going every so often. He was like, you know, 
they did some studies and and I was like, they have not done the studies in the way that I mean it. <laughs> it is not peer reviewed. You've just chucked some spam at some dogs and they like it. That's not a study. You know, I was like, that annoys me. But the rest of it was good. Mm. Anyway, so that's what I like about science. <laughs> that it impresses other people. No, it intimidates other people. Oh, okay. Okay. That's yeah. fine. And impresses good answer. Yep. Good answer. All right. Yep. Is that good? Anything else? Uh, I'll think about it. Let's go to Cameron. All right. Well, I say I still, I'm still very curious. I like to learn how things work. Mm-hmm. So when I have a an idea, like I think, I think this will work, and then I go ahead and try it, and it does work. That's such a great feeling. That's mm. what I still really love about science. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the fact is that most of the time, uh, it doesn't work, or the other half of the time, I'm doing someone else's idea, and I'm almost a little bit happy when it doesn't work yeah it's because really i would have i would have thought of it already yeah. <laughs> if it was a good idea yeah. that's a good one that's a good that's a good answer actually you get pleasure from the other person's idea not working sometimes do you remember sometimes do you actually remember the first time for you maybe phd or something where an experiment actually went well i mean i've got one if you guys don't you go you go so I've, got, I've got so many stories. During, yeah, so many successful so many, science so stories. Remember we could the just first go on. one, Chris. We could go on. Anyway, you keep going. Yep. When the when the Apple Mac first came out. <laughs> when the Apple fell onto the ground. Yeah, thought, that's, that's right, gravity, yeah. motherfuckers. That's gravity. I invented gravity. Chris, that computer cost five thousand dollars. <laughs> gravity. Lightbox, Cameron. Lightbox. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Smashy, smashy, ticky, ticky, lightbox. IT will fix it. <laughs> <laughs> what a sound like. Anyway, keep going, keep going. It is. We know what you sound like in Cameron's mind mm. there. So uh, it was a really late day in the lab. So I used to make solar paint. So this is oh, this is your first, first ever really successful. When it okay. went. So I'd made lots of tiny little achievements that yeah. didn't really mean anything. It was just like trying until it worked. But there was a moment in my PhD where it was either going to work and I was going to do very well or it was going to fail miserably and my PhD thesis would be one of failure. And it was about two years in. Oh, I've got, oh yeah, yeah. I've got the paint. We've characterized the shit out of the paint. Mm-hmm, so we know mm-hmm. particle size. We know everything. Mm-hmm. Now it was time to put it in a solar cell. And I had put it in a solar cell loads of times before. Fail, short, short, fail, short, fail, short, short. And that's hours, hours and hours and hours in the clean room testing failed devices until 2 a.m., right? It's just horrible. And then one day, it was probably, it was pretty early. It was 9 p.m. And I put this, made up the whole thing. It takes a whole day to make these solar cells. Mm-hmm. Put it into the testing room. And it just went into the bottom quadrant uh, so, like, it so it's just, just making a power. solar cell right it was only just and i was like some of the cables are connected and i've got a weird result this can't be true so mm. i had a little double check retested it oh same thing so i did a whole bunch of batch of them the rest of them failed right oh. the rest the other sort of like three hours of testing none of them worked but i looked at the result of that solar cell 0.002 percent efficient oh right i bought myself a bottle of wine and i went home <laughs> and i said to kate it worked like i was like yeah and she was like how efficient i was like doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> brilliant it's mine cameron it's all right well so mine goes back to honors mm-hmm. so my first ever real research project 
and in the the group I was in, everybody was doing this thing where they were putting carbon nanotubes onto P-type silicon. It's not so important, but there's two types of silicon, P-type and N-type. And my project... Yeah, there you go. Thanks. You learn something. Yeah, you learn something every every day, don't you? (laughs) There you go. And then my project was to put it onto N-type silicon for this different application. And so the first time I confirmed that I put carbon nanotubes onto this N-type silicon, I was so happy. I bragged to someone, and I'm a bit bit shamed by it now. I said to someone, I am the first person to put carbon nanotubes onto N-type silicon. (laughs) (laughs) I said that out loud. I said that out loud. (laughs) Ooh. That's brilliant. That's yeah, brilliant. That's brilliant. Did you say in the lab as it has it happened, or did you find someone afterwards, knock on their office door, and go um, just to let you know? I think that there were like uh, a person I knew, like they were a, an old demonstrator of mine. Yeah. And so, of course, in like the the thing is, when you do undergraduate labs, you're always doing like some experiment that people have been doing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So something new is right. yeah. really exciting to me. Mm. And they just said, "So, hey, Cameron, how's it going?" And I'm like. I'm the first person to put N, uh, carbon nanotubes onto N-type silicon. So, so yeah. th- they were probably expecting something like, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. things are okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, not too bad. But yeah. instead they got, I'm the first person to put carbon nanotubes on <laughs> yeah. N-type? N-type silicon. silicon. And they said, oh, yeah, great. Oh. Yeah. And Is then, that the response you wanted? No. I didn't understand why they weren't super excited for me. Yeah. But I think I now realize, number one, uh, it wasn't that great. And number two, no one likes a bragger. Chris? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Christopher T, not top of his game, Gibson. <sighs> well, there's too many stories for me, really. Success has just followed me like some Success sort of venereal disease. It's like a, Like come in a bukkake session. <laughs> I suppose for me... I, it, during my honours year was quite successful and we, we did get a paper based on the data I collected, but it was a sort of a slow process and I didn't really feel like I had any sort of input that was substantial into that. So I wouldn't say that was the first time I felt like, wow, this is exciting. Yep. The first time was when I was uh, falling asleep and I had an idea in that dream haze Ooh. and it was calibrating afm cantilevers oh, <laughs> yeah here lie? we go no this is, is this the truth this is the truth did you wake up and you're like i had a dream i, I did literally <laughs> so so I, i'll give a little bit of background so what was reminding you of a springboard at that point <laughs> i was in a new relationship with a woman let's not go any further anyway i like the way you had to say with a woman like we question it <laughs> I know it was Tracy. I'm not making it up. With a human woman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Real. I didn't even have to pay for it, guys. <laughs> I've never had enough money to pay for it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, the yes. idea was, so a cantilever is just a beam. It's a beam fixed at one end. Let's, you know, like a diving board. Thank you. And like anything I, else? Uh, like other things, perhaps parts of the anatomy. But... The idea is that if you want to determine the stiffness of that beam... Stop saying stiff and making eye contact. Spring constant of that beam, which is stiffness. What's that? This is why you're not very successful. You're, you're studying a creepy part of science. You look at people and you're like, I made a stiff cantilever. And they're like, oh, leave me alone, sir. Why are you in my bathroom? Want to know how stiff my beam is? <laughs> 
Uh, what am I talking about again? You tell us. Oh, yes. You're and bragging so about something. My idea was to work out the stiffness of one beam. Why not push another beam against it? Mm. And that beam that you're pushing against it, you know very precisely what the stiffness of that beam is. Chris. Is and, I just, and then I fell asleep. Have, is, is there this? a name for that, Andy? Well, it's called a sword fight. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where, Chris, I mean, why didn't you call your paper Nano Sword Fighting? <laughs> I had this really close friend called Peter growing up, and I yep. guess you know some experiences with Peter came through <laughs> into this dream, and there we were. And I remember I was sort of like, oh, that's brilliant, that's amazing. I hope I remember it. Fell asleep. Next day, it's it's percolating in the brain. I thought, hold on, that that might work. Applied the idea, my idea. Did all the experimental data myself, all the analysis. I did get help from one friend who came up with a bit of maths. But then, um, you know, and I think part of that was writing it and then getting it published. I yeah. still get a bit of a, a jolly from that. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. want a high five over that? Um, okay. Can we, as soon as we can hear it. Oh, wow. That's, that was a hard... That, that, was, that was penises. I, I, need to, I needed to make sure that... <laughs> that was penises. Yeah, that was <laughs> best Andy high five ever. Cameron, do you want to touch penises? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> so that's that. the reference cantilever method. The rep... Thank you, Cameron. I didn't realize that was yours. That was me. That was me. So, so that's gonna, the one with so many citations. That's there, the one it? on Google Scholar that has 200 and something citations. 237. Well done. That 273. Is really, that yeah. is a really good method. Yeah. But you didn't. You haven't talked about if you still. Uh, what was your question to us in the? Oh, in what the do place? I still love about science? Yeah. yeah. And oh yeah, sorry. So that's a good point. I suppose I still get a jolly in two minutes or less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without repeating words or saying um. <laughs> um no, I, I I still get a bit of a jolly when um, I guess just experiments work. Like like you know you're you want a certain result, you're hoping for a certain result, yeah. and most of the time you won't get it if you you know if you're honest with yourself. But then you get that result and you know straight away, boom, this is going to mean something. Yeah. And that I still get a jolly from that. I have yep. to admit, I still get yep. that. I really like the the idea to product. Yeah, I yeah, like that yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, not so much baby steps or mm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, Chris, you want to know um, something where something went really bad? Perhaps uh, some of the thing. One of the things maybe that you you don't really like so much about science. What is it that, that that sort of that really sort of crushes you about it? If you know what I mean. It's really the fact that it's um, we are reliant upon finding our own funding. Mm. And uh, the grant writing process, I think that, you know, writing for grants and competitive grants are a good idea. Yeah. But it's just that it's such a waste of time sometimes when I would say uh, on average people spend 30 working days to write a grant mm -hmm. and then the success rate is 15%. Yeah. I uh what was the stat? In 2012, uh, Australian scientists spent 4 years writing unsuccessful grants. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess for me, uh, it's connected with that is I don't like the uncertainty mm. in about the, the job itself. There is so little you're not really sure if you haven't got a permanent position, you're not sure if you're really ever going to get one, especially these days. Yeah. I think yeah, well, I think we're all in that position. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. And I think it'd be a lot 
uh, more helpful if you're willing to move. But the yep. fact yeah. is that moving, like some people really love it, but hmm. I mean, it's pretty hard yeah. on like, unless you're a single person or you're in a dominant relationship mm. where you're the dominant person in the relationship yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, which I, is really yeah. not the the norm these days Absolutely, uh, not. it's yeah. really hard to to move cities yeah um, and at least i mean in australia we don't have that many large cities that could really support um you know yeah. us in multiple jobs absolutely i mean like i said before i think that you have to delay adult life. You have to delay participating in adult life, like buying houses and stuff. If you really, really want to move around and be successful, like there's, but there's people that move from job to job all over the globe for 10 years or more and never, ever find that job under the assumption that, yeah, if I do all of these things, then eventually I'll get that job. And it never happens. And um, I think that, you know, there's got to be some point where you just go, all right, I'll try my best here. And if it doesn't work out here, then I, I, I yeah, my that's best. that's so. fair. And you've almost described me to a T. So for ten years, I I worked in the UK at various postdocs, but ne- I never really understood what it required to get a permanent position. Probably during all that time, I didn't really yeah. understand it till I got the job here in Adelaide. And then I realised, oh shit, oh shit, I've got to have so many papers. I've got to have a a, a record, a track record in grants. And then it dawned on me, and then I was like, can I do it now? And I might have missed my boat in some way. Yep. I may have missed my boat in some way. I think that you, you really only have a certain window. And if you leave, if it's left too long, then it's really, really hard to get a permanent position. Yeah, And that's what I think. I think that's quite frustrating. Andy? Did I answer? Something um, underpant or toilet related, perhaps? I'd say it was. Yeah. I was thinking, like, the toilets are a bit grotty. Um, <laughs> Are there like there's a there's a few people I know who they are the best scientists they know, and if you try to have a joke with them about their research or like just try to, it always comes back to like, oh, I'm great, I'm wicked, I'm a scientist, I'm this, and it's because it's so competitive and because you need a lot of gusto to get out and get um, research money and collaborations with industry. If you're not singing your like best aspects from the top of a mountain, no one else will. You almost need the delusion that you are the best. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I find a... myself being a realist mm. is almost a a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it totally is. No, no, you can't be a realist. You've you've got to be able to sell the, sell the snake oil. The gift you have to have is to take a good idea and then make it sound as if that is going to solve all the world's problems. Mm. And if the problem for people who are actually doing the work, I think, is that they struggle to do that. I think I think for a lot of academics, because they're quite removed from the actual experimentation, it's much easier yeah. to say, "Oh, that piece of work will um, change the world." Change the world. It'll it'll yeah. stop the greenhouse effect. They don't need to work yeah. out the little steps along no, the way. No, no, no. That's, that's for someone else, else to do. That's for someone else right. um, down yeah. the pyramid. No, Starting to bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Gentlemen, what do you want to know? <sighs> I would love to know. Oh no. Who? Or what, if you had to paint a picture of a scientist, tell me what they wear, their hairstyle, and the sort of car they own. (laughs) (laughs) The sort of car. That is a good question. Mm. Cameron? Well, you know my science hero is Richard Feynman. Ah, And his hair is actually very similar or his hair was actually very similar to what mine is right now. Oh, quite quite long, wavy, 
Oh un, un, my god. Unkept. Unkempt. Swept. Windswept. <laughs> mm. uh, Lustrous. And he was never one for dressing up, so he would be wearing something semi casual, maybe a, a button up shirt and jeans. Yeah. Uh, and I reckon. Like, he, hang on. Just for the podcast, like you're wearing. Like now. what I'm wearing right now, yes. <laughs> Uh, and I would happily paint him uh, next to his bicycle. Hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, that's bicycle. nice. Yeah. That's quite nice than I thought it was going to be. Feynman fact: uh, later in life, he became a painter. Oh, mm. did yeah. he paint physics-based things? No, he oh. painted uh, like still lives, yeah. and other things like that. And according to him, he became quite good at it. Mm. That mm. is not a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so Chris, what do what I picture? Like? Yeah, I suppose I do have a bit more of the traditional idea. So I always okay. imagine Beaker off the Muppet Show. Mm. Do you remember that character off the Muppet Show? Yes. Yep. So lab coat, almost no shoulders, so the lab coat just falls straight down. Yep. Uh, sort of crazy reddish hair. Yep. And the bottom lip actually juts sort of upwards near the nose. Mm-hmm. What kind of car would they drive? Yeah, or, s- or transportation. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. But I, I, if, I, if I think of a car, I think of a small car. Yeah. A small, boring car. Andy, what do you picture? I picture someone that looks older than they are. You know, mm. is that like their face is just a bit weathered. They've had a few late nights. Oh, whoa, whoa, Someone whoa, that whoa. actually drinks. Are you talking about me? I am, yeah. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I am looking at you, aren't I? Um, someone that drinks a lot. Oh. I think for some reason, like alcohol and science yeah. just goes hand in hand. I don't know why, but like that's what's in my mind. Well, I don't think people appreciate that because there's so much disappointment in it. I think. Oh, look at that. Look, that's, that's no excuse to be an alcoholic, Chris. <laughs> They wear just like they're a bit scruffy. Mm. They kind of don't take care of themselves. Have they been successful with the ladies over their lifespan? They have, but a very specific type of lady. One that also cares for nothing. <laughs> like a dog trainer. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. My question is uh, well, for both of you, but I'll start with Chris. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of AxiusReview.org? AxiusReview.org. Can you please spell Axius for me? This isn't Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to say no. No, I think I've heard of it. So just A-X-I-O-S. Spell. Never heard of it before. Oh, no. I didn't think so. So well, it's, uh, it's kind of like a review. It's like a publishing help website oh. where basically their, their business model is that you send them your journal article before you send it out for review. Yeah. Basically because it takes so long. You send it to review, you get rejected. Yeah. Send it to review, you get rejected. Yeah. So they do like a pre-review process. Ooh. So you send them your journal, plus you you pick four target journals. So yeah. you say, I think this one will fit in nanoscale, materials chemistry A, etc., etc. Yeah. So you send them that. They then send it off for review. In their own process, mm. and they ask the reviewers to give feedback to make it better, and they would say they suggest which of those four would best suit the journal. That's really useful. Mm. Why didn't we Help. think of that? Ooh. Any other questions, Chris? You had, you had. Do you ever get any more questions? Not really. That was all I really had. All right. Was... So, if we're coming to the end of questions, 
what I think we should do is uh. each of us has to come up with science's slogan. Oh, God. <laughs> so I, I have one, and I, it, look, I, I don't know what this is going to mean to you guys, but I see a massive billboard of me. Of course you do. <laughs> of me with my arms sort of in the air. Like, like Jesus, the redeemed. Why is it on the top it. of like in Brazil? Stigmata. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that the arm slightly forward, the hand stretched. That kind of looks like a whole Hitler salute. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> lower, much lower, much lower. A bit yeah. like yeah, like the, like the Jesus and Rhea. Yeah. And above it, it just says, "I am science." <laughs> I tell you what, if I, I can, am science. If I can find someone on Fiverr to do that, all right. Go on, so after that uh, braggy note, <laughs> I guess I'll go into why I want to be a scientist in the first place. So I'm kind of imagining a billboard, and then there's some kind of um, say apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic kind of world where it's clearly been ravaged by um, global global warming. Uh, lack of fuel, lack of energy, this Zombies. kind of thing. Yep. So that's that's your background. Zombies. And then your writing is just saying science, you're going to be dead without it. That was very good. Oh, interesting. Good. I like that. I like that. I like that. Not as good as mine, but good. So that was Published Paris or Podcast. Brought to you by future sponsor Axios Reviews. Axios Reviews, $250. Waste your money somewhere else. 